Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Scripture today is John chapter 8, verses 12 through 32. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself because he says, Where I go, you cannot come? And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself, but only as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. As He spoke these words, many believed in Him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.
Several years ago, National Geographic had an amazing article entitled, Power of Light. It read, Light reveals the world to us. Our biological clocks. It triggers in our brains the sensations of color. Light feeds us, supplying the energy of plants to grow. It inspires us with special effects like rainbows and sunsets. Light gives us life-changing tools from incandescent bulbs to lasers and fiber optics. Scientists don't fully understand what light is or what it can do. They just know that it will illuminate our future. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. In the Old Testament, God is his people's light. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? In the light of his presence, we enjoy life and peace. Isaiah 49.6 says, I will also make you, the Messiah, a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. The word of God is a light to guide the path of the obedient. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Our Lord Jesus fulfills all these verses and many more concerning the bringing of light by his coming into the world. Those who believe in the light come to the light of Christ and follow him. Jesus gives the light of life. What this means is that he is both the light which issues from the source of life, God, and the light which gives light. Jesus is the light of God come among men to show them the truth about God. He opens the eyes of our spiritual understanding so that we can see and know God. He shows us what God has done to satisfy our deepest spiritual needs. Without him, we remain in darkness. Jesus is also the light which gives men life. Where do we turn to find life? We can try to find life in the things of this world, power, pleasure, wealth, and fame. We can seek life in relationships or possessions or new and different experiences. Or we can turn to Jesus and experience true abiding life. A flower can't blossom unless it sees the sunlight. So our lives can't flower with the life and beauty of God unless we come to Jesus and experience union and communion with him. 2 Corinthians 4, 4-6 says, For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. There is danger in darkness. There is fear in darkness. There is error in darkness. But for the Christian who follows Jesus, there is no walking in darkness, but only ongoing life and light. Psalm 36, 9 teaches, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we see light. Jesus is the light of truth to the understanding, the light of love to the heart, and the light of righteousness to the conscience. His light helps us think rightly, love rightly, and live rightly. But he only does these things for us if we follow him. Verse 12 of our passage says, He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. The word follow is used in five different but closely connected ways. 
It is used of a soldier following his captain. The captain commands and the soldier obeys his marching orders. The Christian is the soldier whose commander is Christ. It is used of a slave obeying his master. The slave is at his master's service to carry out whatever the master commands. So the Christian is the slave of Christ whose joy it is to serve his Lord. This word is used of accepting a wise counselor's opinion. When someone needs direction, he seeks wise counsel. The Christian lets Christ guide his life by his teaching and his Holy Spirit. This word is also used of giving obedience to the laws of a city. To live in society, people must obey its laws. To live in the kingdom of God, we must obey the laws of Christ and do his will. Finally, this word is used of following a teacher's line of argument. Students follow the instruction of their teachers. Christians follow the teaching of Jesus and take it into their hearts and minds. Now in verses 13 to 15, the Pharisees judge wrongly concerning who Jesus is because they judge only according to the flesh. They judge by outward appearance. The Pharisees misunderstood Jesus because they judged him according to their own prejudices and not according to true judgment. If the Pharisees had any spiritual judgment, they would recognize the divinity of Jesus. They would recognize his miraculous birth and his purity of character and action. But blinded by their own passions and lusts, they saw Jesus only as a sinner like themselves. They even suggested that he was intimating suicide in verse 22. Everything the Pharisees say is earthly and superficial. They are selfish, unspiritual, and unbelieving. Therefore, they do not love the light nor follow the light, but rebel against Jesus. They tell Jesus that he is wrong to call himself the light of the world because he has no authority to do so. Jesus replies that he has authority because there are two witnesses to back up his claim, the Son and the Father. The Son has already witnessed by his sinless, pure life, his good deeds, and his powerful, unforgettable words. The Father bore witness to the Son at his baptism through the voice that came from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus tells the Jews that he will go away soon, but after he is gone they will realize what they have missed and search for him but not find him. These are sobering words, beloved. They remind us of important truths. There are opportunities which come and never return again. Every person is given the opportunity to believe upon Christ as Savior and Lord, but that opportunity can be refused and lost. Truth, life, and time are limited. The time we have to respond to the truth about Jesus is in this life, and this life has a definite limit. Because of the opportunity to believe upon Christ, there will also be a last judgment when God will hold people accountable to him for their decision for or against Christ. Beloved, we need to understand that the world does not know God. The world is hostile to God. Into this world came the Lord Jesus, who is the light of the world, to bring the cure for the world's sickness. Jesus is light life, and healing for all who embrace him. 
In verse 28, Jesus says, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I have come from God and speak only the things that the Father taught me. It is the crucifixion that made things clear to many people. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, some of the Jews had their consciences awakened. They felt the guilt of their sin and came to believe upon the Messiah. When Jesus died, there were signs and wonders surrounding his death. Darkness over the earth, an earthquake, the tearing of the curtain in the temple in two, the rising of spirits out of the graves. The result of this brief interaction of Jesus with the Pharisees was the conversion of many. Not everyone rejected the light and life of Jesus. Most did, but many others believed on him. In verse 31 and 32, we have a complete picture of what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Discipleship, following after Jesus, begins with belief, with faith in Jesus. Discipleship following after Jesus continues by constantly remaining in the truth of Jesus. Abiding in the words of Jesus means to welcome his word, to be at home with it, to live with it so continuously that it becomes a permanent part of our lives. Abiding in Jesus involves four things. It means constantly listening to the words of Jesus. The early church fathers recommended that a Christian read something from one of the Gospels every day of his life. To abide in Jesus involves constant learning from him. As followers of the Master, are our minds open and teachable? Or have we closed our minds on some opinion we formed years ago and have never learned more truth since then? Abiding in Jesus also involves penetrating into the truth about him. We need to read and reread his words again and again to ponder what they mean and seek to understand and assimilate them into deeper and deeper levels of our lives. We need to have the teaching of Jesus so firmly within our souls that our whole being becomes governed by his commandments and not by our own desires and feelings. Abiding in Jesus also involves constantly obeying what we read and hear. Obedience is the test to determine if we have heard and received Jesus' words. If we just hear them and go on our own way, we show God that we have not really heard or understood him. But if we hear and obey what he says, we are blessed and we will live more and more in the joy of his light and love. What is it that keeps us from walking in the truth of Jesus? It is reliance upon other things which blind us to our need for him. For the Pharisees, it was religious privilege and heritage, a pride in themselves and in their religious ceremonies. For modern people, it might be material possessions or money or relationships or a selfish ambition or trying to get the approval of others. We must get to the point where we rely on no other thing, no other relationship except Jesus himself. There's a wonderful hymn, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. 
Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. Then in verse 31, a new paragraph in this long debate begins. The revised version of the New Testament accurately presents the original Greek text by varying the expression in these two verses. In verse 30, we find the phrase, believed on him, and in verse 31, simply believed him. As the Apostle John is a meticulously careful writer, this variation in the two phrases is not accidental. He is purposely trying to show us the difference between two kinds of faith that appear throughout the Gospels. There is true faith that leads to a relationship of following Jesus in verse 30. Then there is mere intellectual assent, which proves to be shallow and transient in verse 31. The Jews, which believed on him in verse 31, had nominal and short-lived faith. These people are similar to the people in John chapter 2, 23, who believed when they saw the mighty miracles Jesus did, but failed to make the personal commitment to Jesus that constitutes real faith. Intellectual assent to the words of Jesus is not the same as true saving faith upon him. The belief which the Jews have in verse 31 
is so slight and transitory that they argue with him in verse 39 and by the end of the chapter pick up stones to throw at him. Intellectual assent may be real and it may become the basis of something deeper and lasting, but if it does not grow into believing on Jesus, it falls away and disappears. Mere believing is a mental act. Believing upon is something more vital, deeper, and lasting. John uses three words throughout the gospel, believe, believe on, and believe into or onto. These three phrases represent a progression of faith from the first to the third. John's favorite phrase is believing onto or into Christ, which carries the very important idea of motion towards. Let's look at these three forms of belief in greater detail. To believe Christ means to accept his words. Jesus lived, taught, performed miracles, died, and rose again to prove that he is God. Therefore, he is to be believed. The starting point of faith is that he is a good and divine teacher, though of course he is a great deal more. Jesus cannot be the guide of our conduct unless we believe what he says is true. This is a clear teaching of Scripture, but it brings us only a very short way into real and lasting faith. Simply to accept as true the teaching of Jesus and do nothing more is to fall short of lasting, saving faith. Mental assent is an important first step, but if it does not progress into lasting belief in, it easily becomes mere formalism or careless indifference to the truth it professes to believe. True belief has to be expressed and lived out in actions. To believe on Christ moves us from mental acceptance of his authority to the personal act of relying upon him. To believe on Christ means that he becomes the foundation stone of our lives. The foundation stone holds up the whole building. So Jesus is the one who holds up our lives and gives our entire life stability and direction. As we build upon him, our lives become strong, peaceful, and pure. A godly woman from Africa used to say, I pray to the Lord that he will prop up my leaning side. As we realize the sweetness and sufficiency of Christ, we will lean harder and harder upon him. We all need someone to lean upon. We must not rely upon mere men, but lean hard upon God himself. Do you see the progression of faith? Believe Christ, build on him, lean hard on him. Then third, there is believe into Christ. True, abiding, lasting, saving faith that endures is faith which is in motion. It is faith as response and encounter with the living God. It is faith that constantly moves towards God, seeking him and desiring to find him. In the Old Testament, the prophets urge us to seek after God. In Isaiah 55, 6, we read, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The verb to seek means literally to press into fellowship with God, to acquire experiential knowledge or confident acquaintance with him. How do we do that? Isaiah 55, 7, the next verse, tells us how. 
Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. We must leave our own way and our own thoughts and yield ourselves to God and his thoughts. Biblical New Testament faith is to seek with all our hearts to love and adore our Master Jesus Christ. Believe into faith is faith which grows, progresses, yearns for God, and longs for Him. This is lasting, saving faith. But there is another side to this last phase of faith. It is one of the great mysteries and paradoxes of the Christian life. The more we believe into Christ, always seeking to encounter Him, the deeper we come to rest in Him. When we by faith press towards Christ, we discover ourselves to already be in Christ, to be resting in Him and abiding in His peace and love. Psalm 23, that wonderful psalm, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. If by faith we press towards Christ, by faith we shall discover that we are in Christ. Here is the wonderful paradox. Faith is simultaneously motion and rest, search and finding, desire and fulfillment. This isn't possible on the purely natural level, but Jesus calls us to live with him in the supernatural spiritual level of his kingdom. Now it's easy to see why John prefers this third form of the word believe. Believe into Christ. John's entire gospel tells us that the Christian life is a life always moving towards, always encountering, ever enclosed in, resting upon, and trusting Christ. There is a hymn which has the words, I flee unto thee to hide me. This is the idea. To be in Jesus by placing all our will and desire into him, to trust in him, rely upon him, and build our lives upon his truth is the obedience of true faith. Faith is more than the mere acceptance of the words of Jesus. It is the reliance of our soul upon him, the yearning of our hearts for him, and the confident resting of our whole being upon him. This is why Jesus places so much emphasis upon abiding in him. To abide in Jesus means to welcome his words, to live in his words so continuously that they become a permanent influence for good in our lives. Let's make some applications from this wonderful portion of Scripture. Do you know Jesus Christ as the light of the world? Are you walking in his light and abiding in him? Have you believed into Christ, trusting Him with your whole life, and living in dependence upon Him? For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Goddet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener-supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. 
you may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint.